podcast. Oh, today is such a treat. Today we have one of my mentors, one of the women that I have known for a long time. We've been in a mastermind for well over three years now. Uh, she's one of the people who pulled me through the pandemic, through social connections and connecting about our biz. She is somebody who's near and dear to my heart. She's a definite wise woman. Larissa Russell. Mm, let me read you her bio. Larissa Russell, the founder of Creative You Healing, is an international best-selling author, speaker, artist, coach, and healer. Her belief is that you can draw, write, create, meditate, and work through your spiritual being to heal yourself. Larissa and Creative You Healing are helping thousands of women do just that. Larissa is also the host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast, where she has amazing conversations with creatives and healers and those who have used creativity in their healing. Larissa is blessed to work with women who are ready to make change in their lives. As a master of change, which she has developed through her life adventures, Larissa has a unique perspective that helps women learn and feel comfortable with their boundaries, as well as find what they really want from their lives. Mm. I give it over to Larissa. Hello, and welcome to the Grounded Magic Podcast. I'm April Tarot. And I'm Sabrina Marie Chase. And today, we have such a good friend of mine. Larissa is here. Hello, Larissa. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. Uh, Larissa and I have been a part of a mastermind for oh, three, four years now, quite some time. And uh, Larissa has been a wealth of support for me in my online business journey and just we were together through the whole pandemic keeping each other alive and socially connected um, helping each other with our businesses bouncing ideas off each other you have been such a source of inspiration for me so I am just so thankful that you're of course I'm going to be on your podcast because you have helped me so much I just really want to help get your voice out to the world because what you do in this world is beautiful and people need you Thank you. I feel the same about you. Thank you. It's a big love fest. So anyways, how we start off all of our podcasts is a question of what is magic to you, Larissa? What do you think? What do you look at as magic? Magic to me, I think, is anything that we don't expect, which is so many things. <laughs> and so whatever that means to means to you is magic. I look at it more of the, you know, how I go inward and listening as opposed to telling, which is what we're often, we're often told to do, right? Is that we have to do things a certain way and things have to be look a certain way. But when we can turn inward and listen, we get the most unexpected messages. And if we can actually pay attention to it and follow it, the most amazing things can happen. And that to me is absolute magic. Mm, I love that. That's so great. The unexpected. Oh, so good. So Larissa, I would like to hear about the threads that make up the tapestry of your life, especially the threads that brought you here to this moment right now. Oh, I love the way you said that. I love that. The tapestry of my life. Well, um, there's a lot of shag carpet, and then we have a little bit of a Persian carpet, and then so, you know, there's a few. Um, so what's brought me here? Mm -hmm. I, I've had a lot of upheaval, a lot of traumas in my life, and throughout that, I've always been working on myself, always been 
what can I do differently? What can I, um, how can I grow and change? And that's been really important to me. But I also suffered from bouts of depression, debilitating bouts of depression, uh, near fatal bouts of depression throughout my life. And about eight years ago, I um, had a near fatal bout of depression and was hospitalized. And when I was released 12 hours later in the middle of the night, 1.30 in the morning to walk home, I, if I hadn't been so exhausted, that would have been the, that would have been it. And I woke up the next morning, was a, a little bit more involved, but I woke up the next morning with this new resolve that I could not count on anyone else to help me. I could not count on anyone else to look after me. Not that I'd ever really had someone to, but I think I'd always wanted someone to. I never had parents that looked after me. I never had spouses that looked after me. I never had that. And I think I'd always wanted it. And so when I came to that realization that I needed to look after myself, I started journaling. I started painting. I started doing all the creative endeavors that allowed me to explore the emotions that I was feeling, what I was feeling, what I was going through. And through that, I was able to heal myself. And as I was healing myself and making my life changed and all these different things happened, I recognized that other people could use these same um, creative exercises, creative ways to explore their own emotions. And so Creative You, Creative You Healing was born from that to help women explore creativity as a way of healing. And we've moved into the spiritual realm of that due to the fact I've always been a spiritual being. I I grew up in a, what you would call a new age home. Uh, Although I tried every single church that was out there because I was always searching for something. And when I fell into what worked for me, uh, which is an eclectic mix of things that fall under the pagan umbrella. Let's just call it that because it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that that makes it all work for me. But it's nature, it's energy, and it's spirit. And when I realized that, it it helped me sort of move forward with everything that I was doing. But I hadn't brought it into my business because I'd kind of taken a sidestep away from really exploring spirituality for a while. And then a friend of mine died a couple of years ago now, two and a half years ago now. And she was a shamanic practitioner. And so I had done a lot of healing work with her. I'd done a lot of my spiritual work with her. And after she died, and she'd come to me after she died and was like, you need to to pick this up again. I can't, I can't do this for you anymore. And I was like, you're not doing anything for me. You're dead. Like, I'm not one. I get to decide. You have to know me that um, that's pretty much how things happen in my world. I'd like, don't tell me what to do. I don't care if you're dead or alive. Don't tell me what to do. And so anyways, a year later, her daughter died. And then she, I had been in communication with her a few times through this, but after her daughter died, she's like, no, like you really have to step up. I cannot carry you any longer. I have to take care of Tawny. I cannot take care of you too. And I, it finally clicked for me what she meant by that. 
because she'd been saying that she couldn't keep doing this for me. And I'm like, you're not doing anything for me. But I had left the work of, of being spiritual to her because I could turn to her for anything. I could ask her anything. I, I didn't have to think about it. And I needed to take ownership of that again. I needed to connect with spirit again myself. And so once I did that, I also brought that back into my business because it was so important. And so that spiritual aspect has moved us into exploring the feminine divine, has um, really looking at intuition and our own knowing. And that is such an important part for me. And so being able to share that as well with the, the women I work with on the healing journey that they're on is really important. A little bit about me. Mm, wow. I, I love all of that. What I especially love is the really acknowledging your full authentic self and bringing your full authentic self into your business. And I'm sure others are really loving it too. Like, are you getting good feedback from that aspect that you brought in? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because I work actually less. I mean, you might not believe this, April, because you know me, but I always fill the space with a different. But my business is not as difficult to do. Like the work is not as hard. I don't feel drained. I don't feel like I'm like struggling to like keep everything going. It just comes easily. And yes, I do feel it. I have attention deficit. I, you know, I feel it with other things, but the the work of my business is not difficult. Because I am being more authentic, I am sharing that authenticity, and people are drawn to that. And, and we can say, I was told it numerous times, but I was also raised with, you know, things have to be a certain way. You have to be professional. You have to look a certain way. You have to do a certain thing. And I never really fit it, but I tried. I tried to. And, and now I don't have to try. And everything's just easier. And people come because they can connect with that. They can connect with that. Yeah. Sounds like you found a state of flow. Yes. Yeah, I would say that. So, Larissa, I would love to know, can you give us just a little peek into how you did this? Specific steps that you took that you think were important in bringing you into this state of alignment with spirit, with your own spirituality? Yeah, it, it's really about stop forcing things, stop making the decisions. You have to let go and listen. And it's so hard to do. It's so hard to do. And you think as women, we'd be so good at it because we're constantly being told, what to do in our in our life, how how to move our bodies, what we you think we'd be really good at this, but no, because it's it's so personal. And so when we when we start to look inward and and realize that spirit, higher power, God, whatever it is for you, is is guiding you for your best interest. It, it's amazing how that can open things up. And But as someone who doesn't like to be told what to do, I'm very, very not good at it. <laughs> Maybe even a little defiant, uh, you know. 
Anyways, I fought it for years and years, maybe 50-ish years of it. But when I learned to really listen, all that pressure, all that, all that hard work is just released because you don't need to do that. You don't need to force it. You don't need to move in a way someone else thinks you should. You don't need to look the way someone else think, thinks you should. You don't, all of those things do not make you a happier, healthier person. Conforming is one of the most dangerous things we can do. And yet we do it out of safety or perceived safety. Mm. And when we can let go of conforming, we actually will find the people who are meant to be with us, who recognize that authentic you, who really get to know the real you and are not just there because you look a certain way or have a certain income or certain job or, you know, 2.1 kids and all all the things that you're supposed to do. And doing that has been such freedom. And yet I fought it for so long thinking it was constricting. It was too scary. Brene Brown says that the opposite of belonging is fitting in. And I just think that's exactly what you're talking about. It's like, trying to fit in, trying to mold yourself is the opposite of actually belonging because belonging is bringing your whole authentic, vulnerable, awkward self to the table and just being there anyways, because you deserve to be there as your authentic, vulnerable, awkward self. So I love, I love what you're talking about. And it's so, you're right. We've heard it over and over and over again, a million times, like just be yourself. Don't try to fit in, bring your authentic self. But it's like something's got to switch and it's what is that switch? What's that thing that's going to like have that be in your bones? You know, like I always say, like, that's a lesson I got in my bones now, right? Like it's, it's a part of me. So I feel like I'm just kind of like on the verge of that. And um, the whole listening, one thing I've, I've got a sticky note actually beside my desk that says fighting yourself is exhausting. So whenever I'm exhausted, I'm like, how am I fighting myself right now? And it's like, I'm fighting listening to that intuition. I'm fighting the messages that I'm getting. I'm fighting what really does that I know that works for myself. You know, like the sitting in my chair going, I should really go out for a walk, but I don't really want to go for a walk. But, you know, I really should go for a walk. But oh, that's exhausting. Putting your shoes on and getting out the door, that's not exhausting. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Yeah. So I'm utterly torn because there are two questions I desperately want to know the answer to, and I don't know which one to ask first. So I'm going to throw them out. Okay. So question number one is super practical. All right. You've said listening made all the difference. How exactly did you listen? Practical is one. And the other one is how the hell did you get yourself to make this change after 50 years of Fighting and rebelling. I mean, was it the act of listening itself in the particular way you did it that that produced that shift? What happened? Um, It was another breakdown. I'd overworked myself. I was completely burnt out. 
And so I couldn't do it the way I was doing it. And something had to give. And I wasn't willing to give up my business because I could not work for somebody again. I just could not do it. And so something had to give. And so I'm like, well, I'm not doing it properly. So maybe some somebody else, someone else, something else knows the answer because I don't seem to. And so that's where the listening came in was I can't do this by myself. Like I just can't. And so I had to ask for help, which also is not something I was very good at. I've been incredibly real with some really um, embarrassing business moments this year with um, having to share, you know, with people I collaborate with, some of the places I've messed up because I just was trying to do all the right things, but they weren't the right things. They were the things I'd been told I needed to do. And so I just couldn't keep doing it that way. So I've had to become very real and start to listen because I didn't know the way. I thought I did because everyone else told me the way. But when I started to listen to spirit, as opposed to everyone else, because spirit always has your back. Spirit always has your best interest at heart. Your brain doesn't. Your brain is going to fight you at every turn. That's its job. But spirit knows. Your gut knows. Your intuition, your inner, higher power, whatever you want to call it, knows and has your best interest at heart. So if you can learn to listen to that, which is not easy to do because you have to let go. You have to let go to listen to that. And typically what it what causes that, well, anyways, for me, is I have to break first. I have to break first. And... So I try to teach other women not to wait till then. How about we do it an easier way? How about we just practice it? How about if we just start paying attention? How about if we recognize what we're feeling and where we're feeling it in our body so that we can start to recognize it? And then slowly, we can start to pay more and more of attention instead of waiting for a break, instead of waiting until everything falls apart. And then having to clean up the mess. So how do you do that? Like, what's your specific way of listening? Like, what's your specific way of knowing, is, my, is this my brain overanalyzing everything? Or is this spirit talking? How do you distinguish the two? So for me, I, I very clearly hear, like, it's auditory for me. I very clearly hear. And, but I also know my own voice. I know my own voice and it's not the right one. <laughs> So I know that's not the one to listen to, but I feel into it because if my brain is telling me one thing, because that's usually, it's usually your brain and your gut are, are arguing, right? So is this in your best interest? Really, I should do this instead. You know, that back and forth that we do. I, I'll, I'll feel it. And I'm not so much like in my stomach, but more here in my chest, um, the solar plexus area is where I feel it. And so when I know that it is correct, I will feel it there. And I've learned that from paying attention, right? Because you you have to practice with your intuition. You have to practice knowing what's best 
because you will, you'll have your brain screaming at you. This is not the right thing to do. That's a saber tooth tiger. Don't do that. You're going to die. No, I'm not going to die. If I, you know, write a book or if I decide to put a course out there, I'm not going to die. So shush. I'm going to listen to what my body is telling me, what spirit is telling me instead. Mm -hmm. And that has gotten me so much further than that screaming brain because my brain is loud and obnoxious Uh, I love everything you're saying and it also kind of brings us back to the science of it as well in that there's so much new research in the nervous system of the gut and they're actually finding out that you actually do have a brain in your gut like the number of connections of nerve of the nervous system in your intestinal system rivals the brain like it is so it is actually another kind of brain that's in your body and we're science is just catching up with this right now which is so cool and one thing i like i used to be a midwife and one of the things i used to say is that you know do you trust your liver to detoxify your blood and people would look at me like i had five heads like what I, no you don't even think about it right you don't even your liver is what that's its job it's to detoxify your blood your lungs job is to get oxygen in and get carbon dioxide out do you think about that no it just happens do you trust your uterus to birth this baby Yes, it's just going to do it, right? So that's where I used to come from, from the midwifery perspective. But I also say your brain's job is to keep you alive. So if it's in a stress response or this is this is too scary or don't go there, keep me small, say, thank you, brain. You're doing a good job because that's its job is to keep you alive and to keep you safe. And then you can check in with your gut and go, is this really what's for my best interest? Is this really for my higher good? Is this really for, so that's kind of the work that I kind of do is thank you, brain. I see you're trying to keep me alive. You're doing a good job. So not making it bad or wrong for it doing its job. Cause that's what it's supposed to be doing and thoughting all over it. Right. It's like you have a, so there's a, a really good book, um, called the anxiety prescription. It's really awesome. And it talks about the alarm in your body. So your body has the alarm of, something happening. And then your brain's job is to create reasons for that alarm going off. And then you pay attention to those thoughts and you make them real. And then the alarm gets higher as opposed to, oh, I see those thoughts are being placed on top of the alarm. Just be with the alarm, be in the body sensation and you can actually calm it down. So, and then you can actually listen to what your gut is saying when you find that quiet and get away from those thoughts. So thank you for all of that. The interesting thing, though, is like we're literally taught not to pay attention, especially as women. We are taught not to pay attention to our intuition. We are taught Mm -hmm. that we don't know the answers. We don't know enough. Somebody else is smarter. Somebody else knows better. And so we have been taught not to listen. And Mm -hmm. so we have to retrain ourselves to listen. We have to learn how to do that. And and it takes practice because we're going to doubt our brain is going to kick in and go, no, this isn't safe, or no, that's not the right thing to do, because your brain doesn't want change, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. trying to keep you safe. Change is scary. Change means death. But sometimes death is good. Death dies out what we don't want, moves us towards what we do want. And it is scary, but we need to do it to move forward. That's how we have growth. That's how we heal. And we have to do that. So it's Mm -hmm. really important to learn to listen. So that pay attention. How do you feel it in your body? Like, what are you feeling in your body? And there are more emotions than sad and happy. There are, you know, what, what Brene Brown, I think, has 78. Mm, and and she just took the core of 70. You know, it's like. Yeah, yeah. 
in the Atlas of the Heart. Such a great book. Yes. Highly recommend. But yeah, totally. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we have more emotions and your body will feel them all differently. And as you mm-hmm. learn to tap into those emotions, tap into what it feels like in your body, you will start to recognize things more and more. Yeah. That makes so much sense. The idea that you really need to attend carefully to all the signals that your body mind is sending you, all of them paying attention to the body, especially because I think the body expresses things before the mind even gets there, you know? And I also concur with you. I think that we as women are taught to ignore those things so that others can sort of push their agendas or the culture's agendas onto us and we will be more likely to comply. And I think that's the death of really being able to listen and hear your authentic response in your body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we're literally being told we don't know. You don't know. We'll make the decision for you because you don't know. And, Mm -hmm. And we have to stand in our power because we do know. We just need Mm -hmm. to remember it. We need to remember that we know. It's it's, again, I'm thinking back to my midwifery days. It's like there was, um, there was a case um, whenever there's a a near miss or a a complicated case, we do a review of it. And um, sometimes it's brought to the hospital level. And so it's, it's done like a whole hospital wide review. And I was in one of those and I was just like, I just knew in this case that there was something wrong. I didn't know how I knew because there was nothing that I could like write in a report to say, this is why I knew that there was something going on. My gut was screaming. And usually I'm the calm, relaxed, everything's great midwife, like trust, trust, trust. But something in my gut was screaming, there's something not okay here. And and my mentor at the time was like, you can't say your gut in that environment. And I'm like, but why not? That's, that's what I relied on. And it was right. Right. No, it's your skills, knowledge, and experience. I was like, wow. So they're even trained like in a female led profession. That's all about advocating for women. It's still being taught out of us. Like you're not allowed to say, what does your gut say about this? Like we're not allowed to teach that way. We're not. No, my skills, knowledge, and experience tells me that there was something up and it, so yeah, it's just I it's everywhere. And what I love is that I really feel that the feminine is rising. The divine feminine is on its way up and we are saying no more, no more, no more. We're getting in touch with ourselves, we're rising up. So many women leaders are coming forward and saying this is not okay. We are a part of this. There are men who are also coming up and saying, this is not okay. The divine feminine needs to rise. Thank you for being our allies for those people who are who don't identify as women who are also rising up and saying the divine feminine is a beautiful thing. And I just love that that's happening. And it feels like it's a magical revolution that's starting. It, it absolutely is. It, it's funny you say that because we, we've just gone into our second full year of our awakening program. So my awakening program um, is about um, stepping into your feminine divine energy, right? So Mm. really empowering yourself and awakening that energy. And when it was downloaded, I call it downloading, when it was downloaded to me from spirit, the whole program was just like, boom, and I had it up and out within a week. And that same week, there was at least six other people that I follow, almost identical wording, 
in their programs they were putting out because we all got the same download, right? We all got that because it was so important. We needed to do it. So it's like, how, how are we delivered? Like we need to get this out there. We need to get more women and, and men too. It's not, it's not a men versus women. It's, Mm -hmm. it's feminine energy and masculine energy. I work with women. So I work with women to, help them explore that and awaken it and understand their value because in our society we are not valued and we have to take that power we have to take our own power back we have to know we are we have value and surround ourselves with people who know we have value and so that that's what i do with that but you know talking about that awakening and and I've been seeing it since as well, but it was just amazing to me that week because I, that was how quick I had it up and out. And everyone, it seemed like, was like, did I steal these words? No, this like, you know, I was like, am I taking this from somebody? And I was like, no, because I wrote it all down in the middle of the night. You know, I was sending a, I, I messaged myself, I sent emails to myself from my bed on my phone <laughs> when things come to me. And it was like, so I didn't take that from someone, you know, it was, it was given to me, but it was very interesting to see. Cause yeah, we are the, the energy is awakening and it's rising. It sure is. Get on the train or get out of the way kind of thing. So, yeah. well, yeah. Larissa, you are just such a wise woman and there's so much to learn from you. Thank you for being here today. Um, before we end, one of the things we like to finish our um, podcast off with is that one of my sayings is that transformation can only happen in action. So what are you taking from, well, all three of us will go through this and and answer it, but what are we taking away from this conversation that we're going to take into action into our everyday lives to move ourselves forward? I think really it comes down to, and, and this just solidifies it, right? Is that we have a voice as women. And when we get together in community, like we are now, and share that voice, it is amplified. And so every time women get together and share, it amplifies their voice. And so that's what we've done here. And that's what any community of women can do, is amplify the feminine divine and the voice that we have. Yes, I'm on board. How about you, Sabrina? What are you taking away from this? For me, I think I'm really going to recommit to my morning meditation practice. Often it's active. Often I will go through my own personal chakra clearing, cleansing, and grounding meditation. But tomorrow morning, I'm going to start with five minutes of just being still and listening. Mm, Nice. What I'm inspired to do is bring more of my authentic self into my business like really the spiritual witchy parts of me that are such a huge part of me that I kind of shy away from every now and then. Cause I'm like, Oh no, what are people going to think of this? And are they going to think it's too woo woo? And no, it's what works and it was works for me. And it is part of the divine feminine rising and denying that is divine is denying the divine feminine. So I'm taking on really bringing my full witchy self to my business. Beautiful. Mm. Thank you for inspiring us today, Larissa. What a great conversation. I think it's it's mutual, right? The inspiration comes from the collaboration of voices. So thank you. Thank you. The magic always happens on this podcast. Uh, we're always just 
Wow. Thank you for such a great conversation. So thank you for being here, Larissa. Thank you to the Magi Nation for listening in, all of you magicians out there bringing magic into your everyday life. Thank you for tuning in again. Thank you for subscribing and following. Uh, We love to see the numbers going up with all the listens and all the different countries that we're in now. So thank you for supporting Ground and Magic and letting the world know that you want a little bit of magic in your everyday life. Thank you. Thanks. Now go and take that magic into your day. If you really liked our podcast and don't want to miss another episode, please subscribe and or follow. This allows others to find us more easily and the magic will be multiplied. And we all want more magic in the world. You can also help others find us by rating us and leaving a stellar review. The Grounded Magic Podcast is powered by Indigo Fires Productions. Sound engineered by Eric Tarot of Tarot Studios. Music composed and performed by Eric Tarot. Online business management by Natalie Gallagher of IOMI Digital. Founded by April Tarot and Sabrina Marie Chase.